God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this Christmas morning through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I give you my word. What do you think when you hear that? You have my word. If you like those movies with Thor, or Thor, he says that several times, and most of the time he means it, but other times it partly means that he, it, uh, he promises to uh, not break things like coffee mugs and diners and things like that. In reality, though, we've heard it so many times, and we're skeptical because of some pretty famous words that didn't come true. Remember, no new taxes? That's going back a few years. Some of you weren't even paying taxes in 1988. But this one is why I was so skeptical of the phrase, you have my word. Nineteen of my colleagues were killed and hundreds injured in this terrorist attack in Saudi Arabia in 1996. That's my apartment on the right. Windows blown out. I was fortunate. But it was what Secretary of Defense William Perry said to us when he came and visited the scene a few days later. We will find who did this and bring them to justice. You have my word. Well, to this day, no one's been caught. No one's been held accountable. And while the case may still be active with the FBI and the CIA, who knows if anyone's still working on it. You have my word has been tainted with failed promises and countless movies, TV shows, books, politics, and everyday life. Even you and I have been the one to say it to someone and not live up to it. It seems the most reassuring thing to say to someone at that time. I promise, best friends for life, you can count on me, consider it done, and so forth. But life tends to get in the way, things got more complicated than you could foresee, And your word falls flat. Our word can be like the autumn leaves in November's wind. It's different though when God speaks. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. See, when God speaks, things begin to happen. Let there be light, he said, and there, there was light. There still is. When God speaks his word, it's not mere talk about something. It does what he says. And we have his word. We have it. And it's powerful. You know, when George Lucas was in charge of Star Wars, they were spring movies. Episodes one through six came out in the theaters in May. Now that Disney is in charge of Star Wars... The movies come out right before Christmas. And everyone that goes and sees, sees that Star Wars, you know, hears about the most powerful force in the galaxy, in that galaxy so far, far away. What's What's the most powerful force in the Star Wars universe? The force, right? (laughs) The most powerful force in this world is God's word. Grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. 
God also says, my word will not return empty. God's word makes things happen. It called Abraham Abraham out of his land, Ur. He spoke to Moses from a burning bush. God gave manna and quail to the Israelites in the desert. He said he would do it. He lived up to his word. His word even made dry bones come to life. Standing on their feet, a vast army. God says it. Faith takes hold of it. Believes it. And life is given. We have it. We have his word. And God's word is more than ink on a page or, the sound, or a sound or an idea. The all-powerful creative word that said, let there be light, well, that word became flesh and bone and blood and water and everything else we humans are made of. The word became flesh and lived, you know, dwelt among us. Full of grace and truth. John could have written, the word became a body. Or the word became a man. He might have said, the word became a person. Or the word became a human being. Instead, John writes, the word became flesh. Why is that? You know, to John's original hearers, Greeks and Romans... They would have found that rather detestable. To the Greeks and Romans, flesh to them was something that was temporary and doomed to be destroyed. You know, what mattered to them was spirit. Flesh was not worth as much as your spirit. You know, in in, in Greek and Roman religions, you know, the flesh was something to escape. You wanted to get out of it because it hurt most of the time or it was bad. And you would... Live on, though, in spirit. So when they heard John say this, you know, no God in his right mind would ever deal with anything as degrading as the flesh. Yet this is exactly what our God did. The Word, the Son of God, and and God the Son became flesh for you and me. That we would have his Word. He's no ordinary baby cradled in Mary's arms. Oh, and by the way, this is a Caravaggio, 1604. When it comes to the manger scene, the infant birth, you cannot beat Caravaggio. I know, they all look Italian. It's Renaissance. You know, in those Renaissance painters, it was all about contrast, very dark. And then just the things that the artist wanted you to see were... You can see in the light. I had to lighten this up for you because it's such a dark painting. But, you know, look at Jesus. He's just glowing there along with his mother, Mary. Think about it. When Jesus saw his first ray of sunlight as an infant, he'd also seen the first light with the Father. As he said, let there be light. He heard the first crash of a wave when the Father gathered the seas to form the oceans and and form the dry land within them. He was there. And then he came here. Not with some grand entrance or splendid pageant. Mary and Joseph had no IRA or 401k, no savings, no plan. They didn't have connections with important people either. Their child 
would be the most important connection to the most important person. Jesus, maker of the universe, one with the Father, by whom all authority things were made, was born in a, into a family too poor to afford a bed for a pregnant mother. And not enough important connections, earthwise anyways, to get anything better than a stable to sleep in and give birth in. And notice, too, that John doesn't say the word changed into flesh. He doesn't say the word morphed into flesh. If the word changed, morphed, or transitioned into the flesh, he would no longer be God. But remaining what he was, Jesus Christ became what we are. That's why we light these two candles, two inner candles on the altar. People have mistakenly referred to those as communion candles for decades in various churches, including this one, to let you know that when you come in on Sunday, oh, and you see those lit, we're going to have communion today. Well, you ought to know when we're going to have communion anyways. But actually, those two candles are to remind you, God is true man and true God at the same time. And John would drive home this point when he writes about Jesus on trial before Pontius Pilate, which might be better saved for Lent. But we can't help but remember that the Word became flesh, and that flesh was beaten, torn, and pierced. Today we say, behold the child. Tomorrow we say, behold the man. But also behold or see what the Word does. It endures forever. Jesus endures forever. The Word accomplishes that for which God sends it. It's brought you and me and countless others to faith and life that lasts forever. It defeats the darkness. It defeats death. But more could you ask for? Thomas saw the Word made flesh. Even the flesh with the holes uh, in the hands, the feet, and the, and the stab wound in the side. And cried, My Lord and my God... Sin is forgiven, death is dead. You have his word. You know, when we have funerals here, we don't have eulogies. Because eulogies often have phrases such as, she'll always live on in my heart, or his memory will live on in our family forever. The disciples never said anything like that. They never said Jesus will live on in our hearts and minds. That's because Jesus is more than a memory. And so are you. They saw Jesus after he returned from the dead, and he said, I will be with you. We have his word, and because we have it, we will never die a true and utter death. We're going to live. And that's way better than being a memory or living on in someone else's heart. As heartwarming a thing as that sounds, doesn't give me any comfort, though. I want to live. And live I will, I will with you and Christ. And sit at a table and eat. And drink the finest wine. Let your Christmas feast today, if you're going to have one, point to the even better feast that awaits you and I Someday, very soon. In the meantime, what is your darkness today? If there is any, I hope not. 
you know, Christmas is a time of joy, right? But sometimes it's like going to the movies. The story on the screen and the music and the words take you somewhere else and you forget for a couple hours whatever it was you left outside the theater doors. Christmas has its charm and its festiveness, but when it's over, those problems and hurts and troubles are still there. A missed opportunity, unpaid bills, a flunked final that you took before Christmas break, a marriage gone south for the winter, a bad decision you made. If there is a darkness that won't go away, then trust God at his word even more. It doesn't return empty-handed. You hear it, you listen, things happen. I don't know what, depends on who you are and what your needs are. God knows and he listens. He cares for you. You are valuable to him, even for the sake of others. They too, so that they too would know his mighty works. Doesn't always seem like it or feel like it. Nevertheless, you have his word. And he's not Thor or some other dead God who never existed anyway. He is the Lord, and he will do it. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks in darkness will have the light of life. Well, who isn't a whoever? Not the who's in Whoville, I can tell you that. It's you and me and all believers, no matter the amount of faith or the size of faith. Whoever also means whenever. It's never too late to live in the light of God's love for you. Whoever also means however. However broken you are, however lost or messed up, however happy or joyful you are, his love for you endures forever. Wherever you are, in a pit, in a hole, in a bind, or just in a pinch, you're not too far from God's marvelous light. And all that includes forever. You have his word. Let there be light and there is light. The light that shines from the manger in Bethlehem shines on you and me. We have his word. So Merry Christmas, my friends. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.